This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors, and our goal is to provide our listeners uh, with the real facts and the real stats about our local market. This way you really, really know what's going on. And if you think about it, you wouldn't go into a football game without a well-prepared game plan. Well, getting into real estate is no different. So we will provide you, especially today, with that information that will help you make those that well-prepared game plan so that you'll be a winner in the real estate market. And to help me out today, we have the dynamic duo of <laughs> Cam and Darren Wade. <laughs> Hello, Don. Hey, Don. They are the co-founders of the Strive Real Estate Group. Uh, they've been in... Each of them have been in real estate about a decade yes. apiece. Um, you also know one another quite well as husband and wife <laughs> and the father and mother of three beautiful children. And by the way, I want to say, you're raising your children the right way. Go Lakers. Lakers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't ask about football, though. That's a different. Actually, no, it's the same now. Okay. Um. Darren and Cam also own several long-term rentals and a handful of short-term rentals. So we're going to talk, I'm going to take today to tap into that uh, information source and find out about that. But in this first segment, we're going to do a uh, real estate workshop. We'll call it a home buyer's workshop. Why, why should somebody buy a home? Why should somebody buy a home in this market? So let's get started on that. Um, let me ask you, and you guys can answer at the same time. Uh, or, or you, Darren, you better let her go first. Yeah, yeah. Well, she gave me permission to go first, so I'll go first, <laughs> and then she can uh, piggyback off of me. <laughs> All right. Why should somebody buy a home, period, in any market? That's a good question. I'm glad you put it like that. Um, well, in any market, um, it shows that families that own homes usually have more wealth in the long term. It could be the appreciation growth. Um, it could be um, you know paying down the mortgage, um, an equity in the home, um, leaving kids a home after you know the family is is passed passed away. Um, a home is a great place for people to have to come back to, right? Most of us grew up with like the grandma's house being the house that you come back to or that you go to for each and every holiday. Um, and I think that builds, um, builds stronger families. Uh, so those are a couple things that come to mind first as to why a home is important um, in any market. Mm -hmm. I, and I like that. That's a great answer. Um, what your answer basically what you said is it builds financial wealth but it also talked you talked about family yes and a place to go to yes those are the intangibles yeah exactly exactly you're not being uprooted as you would be if you're a renter and that seller wanted to sell then your family would be uprooted you have to go plant new roots buy a new home or not buy rent a new home somewhere else and you know get shuffled around a little bit there mm -hmm. so yeah and, and um 
this past week I talked to a uh, tenant who is having to move because the landlord has to sell the house. Not that they want to sell it, mm -hmm. but it has the, a life event happened. Mm -hmm. They need to sell it. And so that tenant is being uprooted this by place. somebody else's um, event. Yeah. Life event. Yeah. And I'm sure they're not going to like the rental market right now because they probably had a sweetheart deal uh, for however long they've been uh, renting. And nowadays going into the rental market is a little bit more challenging and uh, tight inventory and higher uh, rental rates. So, so what you're today. saying is if you buy a home in any market, what you're doing is buying security because you know you can stay there. Absolutely. Yep. And usually same payment as long as you don't refinance. You have the same payment for 30 years. Right. Same or similar payment because, you know, property values go up. So property taxes go up a little bit from time to time. Right. As long as you pick a fixed rate mortgage. Absolutely. It, and I'm saying that because uh, some people are thinking, oh, I'll do an adjustable rate mortgage because I just know the interest rates are going to go down. So, well, we'll see. Mm hmm. Cam, what would you say? I mean, why should somebody buy a home? What, what should be their motivation in any market? Well, all of the reasons that Darren said, and also because I do think that owning a home and living in a home that provides that security um, for your family um, can increase your a home can increase your quality of life, in my opinion. Um, the first home that Darren has ever lived in was our ho home that we purchased together. Right. Um, and I saw the difference in in him and his motivation in, you know, just um, making what happened was he purchased a home. And so that even gosh, sorry, he purchased a home and as far as like helping buyers and sellers purchase homes that there was an even more significant meaning to that um, because he finally you know realized how it felt and how um, like he didn't have to go from apartment to apartment anymore and um, I think it just increases your quality of life yeah mm -hmm. that, that's an excellent point mm -hmm. um, and it helps you to relate to your clients even better so mm -hmm. yeah absolutely mm -hmm. yep to know what they got to go through the hidden expenses and things like that that happen when you own a home and you're not relying on somebody else to fix those things for you mm -hmm. okay so in this home buyer workshop that we're doing, we just gave some of the benefits and the reasons, the motivation to purchasing your own home. Mm -hmm. Now, let me make this a little tougher on you now, mm -hmm. just to make you sweat it out. Mm -hmm. Why it. should somebody buy a home in today's market? Well, one reason is because you need to, right? Not everybody needs to sell and then buy or not everybody needs to stop renting and buy um, for whatever reason, right? If somebody's here, let's say, example, um, a nurse is here for short, short term, right? Maybe here just for a year, and this isn't where her roots are gonna be planted, so maybe she doesn't need to buy a home. Um, so she may just choose to rent for the year and then move back to wherever she is and then you know mm -hmm. buy a home there. Um, and I understand what you're saying, and, and mm -hmm. something I've seen in my long time in the business by the way, Darren calls me the OG guy. I think he's poking at me that I've been around for a while. <laughs> but but um, one thing I've noticed, hot market, cool market, buyer's market, seller's market, there's always people that need to sell mm -hmm. or need to buy. Absolutely. 
where, where you get into the extreme markets is when people want to buy. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So, um, yeah, like during the market we are leaving out of, um, sellers would sell just because their equity was high, right? And they knew they could cash out. And maybe they seen something coming um, um, in the near future, and maybe they didn't. Um, but, but many of them just wanted to sell and, and move out of state. I've seen a lot of that happening. Yeah. Oh, so y- You too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That is a real thing. And it really hit home about three years ago when one of my best friends since high school moved out of state. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is really happening. Mm-hmm. It when hit someone... me personally at that point. Yes. Yeah. All right. So what so that's a good thing if you need to buy or yes. you need to sell now that's when you do it whenever you do it yeah whatever the market is yep what if you're selling and buying does it really matter which market you're in if you're doing both it it it, it doesn't i mean it does but it it doesn't right because you can't control the market the reason why i say it does matter is because um if you, if you sell in a hot market, you're going to buy in a hot market as well, right? And so you're going to feel the pressure that the buyers that are buying your home are feeling when you are now the buyer buying a home, right? You're going to have to put in an offer. Well, in the, 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 the earlier, um, earlier this year, first, um, let's say, four months of this year, um, it was a lot more um, speedy to make things happen. Right, you had to jump on it, go see a home right away, put an offer in right away, um, put it over, um, submit your offer over asking, uh, remove contingencies, all kinds of different things that in this current market um, here in September, um, you don't have to do that as much. I believe the ones, the sellers that are thinking about selling and then buying, now is a better time for, t- for them to do that because the market has slowed down some enough for them to um, find their replacement home comfortably, a little bit more comfortably than they would have prior to. Yet, yet the the buyers coming in to see their home will also be a little bit slower. So they'll need to be a little bit more patient on getting a solid offer and a solid buyer on the home that they're selling. So it, 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 each market has different challenges. And, and that market has changed fairly rapidly, right? I mean, it was just a few months ago that we were driving 100 miles an hour, it seemed like. Yes. So I think this is a good reason why you, you need a professional to guide you through it. Absolutely. Right. Yep. One that's been through it, one that's had experience. Cam's helped a lot of buyers. What, um, what I've that. been noticing in this market in the last couple of months is that the people that were unable to compete with the other buyers in the last two and a half years or in all of the craziness, they can actually compete now and not have to put up thousands and thousands of dollars in appraisal gaps anymore um, because that's just not happening as much. So the people that were priced out um, at that time are able to buy now and maybe even get some seller credit in in during this time. Yep, sell the credit and buy down the interest rate. Mm-hmm. T- tell us what an appraisal gap is. So an appraisal gap would be if you're in contracts at $300,000 and the home appraised at $290,000 and the buyer um, would possibly come in with that 10000 in cash along with their down payment and closing costs so like to cover the gap. Yeah, guaranteeing a purchase price. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good way to put it. Guaranteeing mm-hmm. the purchase price of three hundred, 
not contingent on the appraisal. Correct. Um, yeah. Because it, it had to be hard on the appraisers there for a while. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the pressure was definitely on the appraisers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, excellent points. And when we get back from our first commercial break, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, why somebody should get into it as an investment. First, you know, this first segment we talked about as a homeowner and something you would live in. Now we're going to talk about why get into it as an investment. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio on 940 KYNO. Welcome back. Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And I want you all to remember that song about online by Brad Paisley. It is not just some cute little saying to stay local, buy local, be local. Um, Many of you who tuned in last week heard the horrific story of somebody who got taken to the cleaners uh, on their home uh, with predatory lending that all occurred online. And the worst part is that lender will never have to be held accountable because they're not local. How are you, you know, you don't have, they, they don't have to worry about seeing that person they did that to at the grocery store or the gas station. Mm-hmm. Although with all the resources here at Welcome Home Radio, we're gonna do what we can to see to it that there is some accountability. Stay tuned on that touching story. Mm-hmm. All right, so now, Darren and Cam, somehow or another, the two of you must have had a great education at Sunnyside High School, <laughs> and um, I think you had a teacher called Tim Lyles. We did. Yeah, yes. and Rest in peace, I love man. this story where didn't he kind of encourage you two to be all you can be? Absolutely. He yeah. did. Yep. Okay. And you know, his brother, Ron, is one of our loyal listeners. He is. We just saw Ron a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Met, him, met him the first time in person. Yep. Oh, was it disappointing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that for Ron's benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was really, really good. Ron guy. gives me such a bad time about everything that uh-huh. I, I have to get him back. Yep. All right. So somehow or another, the two of you um, have decided to become entrepreneurs. And you don't just sell real estate, but you walk the walk too. You own real estate, and including uh, investment properties, mm-hmm. uh, long-term, short-term, Airbnbs. So we're gonna get into that now. Why should someone buy an investment property? And someone should buy an investment property for, for a reason that speaks to them, right? We, purchase investment properties because as being a real estate agent, we don't have a retirement plan. Mm -hmm. And so the rent, the cash flow from our investment properties now and definitely in the future when those homes are paid off will be our retirement plan. Um, And the appreciation and equity that we have with those, we can sell those if we needed to or wanted to and, um, you know, pay for our kids a new business venture that they want to be that they want to start up or something along those lines um, mm-hmm. so that is why when there are two of the reasons why we got into real estate investing um and it was one of the two yeah 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 that was one or one or two uh, reasons why um and just because 
real estate is an asset that I believe, um, no matter no matter if it goes up and down um, in the short term, right, seven, 10 year, 15 year periods of time, um, in the long term, it's going to continue to go up, just natural inflation and the rising cost of, of everything. So I believe that real estate is a long term hold, long term game that we enjoy playing. And there's also multiple ways to make money. So think of this. Let's let's go let's say you had let's say the two of you were old enough to have owned property during the nineties, which by the way they're not. Uh, <laughs> you had to be at least eighteen to buy something at that point. I think it was four. But, I was um, four. You were four. <laughs> she's, she's trying to age you. <laughs> All right. Uh, I had a four in my age at that point too, but it was more like forty something. But okay. So during the 90s, when prices were pretty much flat, you know, going into the 90s, uh, maybe a, a average home was worth 70000 By the end of the 90s, it was maybe worth 85000 So not a lot of growth that way, mm -hmm. but you had monthly income. Mm -hmm. So that was one income source, that monthly income. Then you fast forward to 2004, five, and six, now that $95,000 home was probably worth one ninety-five. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're making money that way too. So that's the beauty of real estate as an investment. Yes, there's at least four different ways to make money or save money, right? Tax uh, appreciate, depreciation yeah. um, is another way as well. That's right. Yeah, it's it's a tax write-off mm -hmm. uh, and a legitimate tax write-off yes. for anybody that says, oh, that's a tax loophole. Mm -hmm. Heck no. It, it's a business that you're creating. You're providing housing mm -hmm. for someone else. And if you had a major expense and you lost money, that, that is a legitimate tax write-off. Right. Mm -hmm. We didn't write the rules. We just played a game. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. So... Um, real estate investing now we're talking houses but what about bare land commercial uh, is that something that you guys have gotten into or are you predominantly houses so we've purchased our first commercial property just a couple of months ago um, and it is attached to a, a residential a home um, that's also rented out as well. Um, this commercial property is next in downtown Fresno and we just leased it out a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago um, to a family that owns a cl retail clothing store. So it was pretty cool to be a part of their business as well, like the way that they make money and the way that they pay for their livelihood, um, we were able to provide that space to them. Um, their current landlord, um, you know, was not uh, repairing the building, was, and so they weren't able to do business as um, as well as they would like to. So we purchased that commercial building, spruced it up, and now they're going to be moving in in the next couple of days, so they can run their business out of that building. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So mm -hmm. it's a mixed use property. It is a mixed use property, wh yes. which is predominant downtown. Right. Yes. In fact, Fresno re did some rezoning, and there is a new zoning category called downtown, mm -hmm. uh, oh. which makes for mixed use. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. wow. I just learned that a few <laughs> months ago too. Okay, <laughs> we got to look into that. But but what's ironic is it's an old old idea. Mm. 
when I went back to my mother's hometown in Italy, which is a medieval town, um, I mean, cobblestone streets, cows are still walking on the streets, and, um, water wells, community water wells, um, mixed use is a big thing there. So my uncle had a, uh, they had a dress shop downstairs and upstairs was their apartment where they lived. Makes hmm. sense. Yeah, That's how it, it how things were done in the olden days, right? Families had small family businesses to make a living, mm -hmm. and everybody worked kind of hand in hand with each other, right? Everybody relied on each other in one way or another. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and think about it. They didn't even need an electric vehicle to get to work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't need no vehicle if they didn't want to, right? They probably saved a lot of money there, just hopped on the ox and, and <laughs> right. uh, 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 traded a few shekels yeah. <laughs> at the market down the street. So when I was 19, I was there visiting, and I told them, hey, I'll go down to the well and get some water. So I had that big stick with two buckets on each end and I'm oh, yeah. walking down there and there's chickens and roosters out there on the cobblestone streets and you really got the feeling you were in another world when all of a sudden I hear a whoom around the corner comes a, a Ferrari Ooh. a red Ferrari and it Ooh. was my cousin Luigi yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that was where the new world and the old world kind of collided mix collided mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. Fortunately, he didn't collide. No, good, me. good. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. All right. So, um, and real estate investment is not anything new. I mean, this has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. All right. So, what about, is it a good idea to keep the property a long time or a short, short time and flip it? What's the answer to that one? It depends. All my answers are going to start with it depends. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. It depends on the person and, and what their goal is. Mm -hmm. Right. We do do some some flipping, which is short term income, mm -hmm. and has higher tax um, implications. Right. And so, and when you're a flipper, you have a job. Your job is to go find um, somebody that needs to sell a home for less than market value or retail value and um, you put uh, force appreciation into it by renovating the home and then you resell it for a higher price. Um, so that's a job in itself. Um, we do do that sometimes. Um, and we also collect homes as well, kind of like a monopoly game um, where we want those to pay us uh, dividends for many, many years to come. Um, so we do the job once, the, the bulk of the job once, some small things um, in between there, you know, small renovations, small repairs, things like that. Yet yeah, that asset would just continue to pay us over and over again. Yeah. What do you want to add to that? Yes. And then there are some homes that we keep as long-term rentals and some that we keep as short-term rentals. So um, mostly our short-term rentals have pools in them. Not all of them, but um, some, uh, two of them do. Um, and they're in areas where um, are that are closer to like grocery stores or shopping centers or maybe the universities, um, closer to freeways, airports, airports people where people um, can stay and it's convenient to travel to all of those places where they may be visiting. Um, so that's kind of how we choose which one to use as a long-term rental and which one to use as a short term rental um yeah 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were in the process of purchasing another or renovating another mm-hmm. um, short term rental right now in Fowler. In Fowler, yes, in mm-hmm. Fowler. And I realized when I went on the uh, website for short term rentals, there weren't any in Fowler. And I think that would be a great location because there's not very many hotels there. And mm-hmm. there's also not very many short term rentals there. So I think it's a good market for it. Yes. And that's in Fowler. Correct. Yep, it's about mm-hmm. five, less than five minutes off the freeway, off the 99, which is a main corridor, you know, through California. Right. Mm-hmm. And I loved what you said earlier when you said it depends. And I know you mm-hmm. kind of felt bad like that was a cop out, but it's not because the rest of the sentence is it depends on your goal. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And I'll give you two extreme examples. Let's say one is a high-income person who needs some tax Mm -hmm. write-offs. They don't want to flip that thing Mm -hmm. because that's just going to add to their tax burden. They may want to keep it as a tax write-off and future income. Mm -hmm. Where somebody who is working away and needs income may want to flip because that would be added income and um, they can handle the tax burden. Correct. At at the lower tax bracket. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, with all of those deep thoughts, let's go to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us today we have Cam and Darren Wade of Strive Real Estate Group, and they help buyers and sellers, but they're also local investors. Oh, that's a good question. Are you <laughs> only local? No, actually, we have flipped a home in Texas, um, and we also own a property that we're going to fix and flip in Mojave. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mojave, I love that town. Uh, we should talk. I own some land in Palmdale. Oh, not we far talk. from there. Yeah, really um, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so I, I know that you. We talked a little bit about long-term investments. What about short-term investments or short-term rentals? And how do you define that? How do you define short-term? So a short-term rental is very similar to um, maybe like a hotel stay. So we typically have a minimum of two nights that a guest would need to stay in our short-term rentals. Um, and we do go up to about 30 to 60 days, depending on um, if the guest is in town for work or um, if they need to, if it's a transition home, if they're selling their home and then buying another one, or, um, you know, if there is some type of insurance. Uh, like fire in their current home and they need a place to sit, stay while there's work being done to their home, they can also stay for uh, like a 30 days, 60 days at a time in our short-term rental. Oh, yeah. You could work with the insurance companies on that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, that. Can. We work with traveling nurses as well. We're not necessarily work with, but they, they can find us. Right. We have a lot of travel nurses that stay in our um, home and then also um, tr- professionals like construction workers or um, hotshot you know, firefighters. Firefighters, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody stays two days or three days, mm-hmm. why would they? stay there or not just at a hotel that's a good question have you uh, um, seen our hotels here in fresno (laughs) 
<laughs> there's not very many. No, I have a house here. Yes, I, that's true. But there's not very many, and they're not, um, you know, five-star hotels. So we typically, when you when people stay in homes, they have a full kitchen. Um, you know, there's more to offer with a short-term rental or Airbnb, some people call it, um, than, than a hotel might have. Um, so a lot of people that stay at our short-term rentals are going to Yosemite. They're going to the Sequoias. Uh, they're traveling to Shaver Lake. Um, so, you know, they stay in town when they're traveling to those places so amenities mm -hmm. you, you offer a yard we offer a yard a pool um be multiple bedrooms a full kitchen uh board games t uh, multiple tvs um a garage to safely park their vehicles so there's a lot more that we provide than a hotel will mm -hmm. okay interesting mm -hmm. um but doesn't the turnover get to you? It's like if every week you got to re-rent it. How, how does that work? So uh, with the websites that we partner with, like Airbnb or VRBO, uh, they actually uh, allow guests to book on their websites. So we know typically 15 days or 30 days before when we're going to have check-ins and check-outs. So we do plan that with our cleaner. Um, she knows which day she needs to go in. Um, turn the home around and then have it ready for the next guest. So it's kind of like, um, it, you know, it's on a schedule. So there's no, there's really not very many surprises on check-in or check-out dates. Except for when they take the keys. Oh yeah. I just, <laughs> I was, I fumbled a little bit earlier when we were talking because I had my cleaner calling me and saying, there's no keys in the lockbox. I can't get inside the house. So that made me a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so with more turnover, there's different problems. Yes, there, is. there are. There is. But then too, I've had a long-term renters that I could never get the keys back from right. too. <laughs> that <laughs> is true. Yep, yep. Yes. Another benefit about um, being able to get in a home every couple of days, if you will, is um, seeing the condition mm -hmm. of it, right? Because mm -hmm. a long-term renter, you may not, you may go in there once a year or not even once a year, right? And then so after, you know, two, three, five, ten years, however long they stay there, then you're going to see how you know, the dirty or tear. messy wear and tear mm -hmm. was. Um, but on the short-term rentals, we can go in there and have our handyman fix something um, immediately to keep the home up to par. Um, you know, yeah. that's a, that is a good point because mm -hmm. on long-term rentals, the city of Fresno, not Clovis, Sanger, Fowler, but the city of Fresno says there are mandatory annual inspections by the landlord. Right. Uh, but I know I, I have one where can't get in the house. Right. I think they've had COVID like 13 times this <laughs> past year. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> That's what they're claiming anyways. Yeah. No. <laughs> touch your subject. Touch your subject. Darren, come on now. <laughs> they, nobody would make that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there, yeah, that's a tr an advantage mm -hmm. is being able to assess damages and, and repair them right away. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But w wouldn't the added vacancies, let's say you have it rented out two days this week and mm -hmm. next week only three days, mm -hmm. doesn't the vacancy rate add up to where it's not profitable? 
That's a good question. So we have our rates, uh, nightly rates, to at a number where we know that if we um, only have a minimum amount of um, reservations, we'll still um, break even. So there are, there have been times, you know, during COVID, um, like during shelter in place where, um, maybe we ran negative for a little bit, but we learned from that increased, um, or offered more amenities and increased our prices a little bit. So we know our break point number or yeah, break even number. Um, but uh, and also recently that this is starting is something that we've been starting to think about because I feel like the short term rental market is so saturated right now that we have been having to decrease our nightly rates a little bit more um, here in Fresno. Um, and um, but luckily we, we've still been breaking even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to work off that word break even mm-hmm. because when I got in first got involved, mm-hmm. there was break even was a, a dream <laughs> I mean, because keep in mind interest rates were 12 13 percent rents were very low at the time because there was a big supply of rental homes mm-hmm. so supply and demand was in the favor of the renter mm-hmm. so rents were low mm-hmm. interest rates and the cost of a mortgage was high mm-hmm. um th- i think probably for the first 10 years maybe 12 years that i owned some of my properties didn't even break even so I had to look like my CPA told me uh, you have to look at it as a forced savings account right Mm -hmm. you're you're dumping a hundred dollars a month into this account another hundred dollars over there but someday that savings account will pay off and I think that that savings account for us has already paid off because our first home we turned it into a short-term rental we were able to do a cash out refinance um, just a few months ago and we were able to purchase other investment properties from from that so we've had you know tons of benefits from it all while making sure that our uh, monthly payment mortgage payment is is made every month and also making making some passive income and um as well so Mm -hmm. so according to irs there's two types of income passive and active could Mm -hmm. you tell us the difference yeah active income is the one that you work for um, when you clock in for a job and passive is um, more of like mailbox money or maybe uh. straight to your <laughs> bank account money. <laughs> it, uh. You know, you don't have to work as much for it. It's somewhat passive. There, there's not very many passive, passive income. So it's somewhat passive. I love that term, mailbox money. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's a great description yes. of passive income. Yes. So, um, and I remember one of my very first bosses when I was like 21 years old, he said, Don, if you work with your hands, you'll make a good living. Mm-hmm. If you let your money work for you, you'll make a great living. Mm-hmm. And that's that. So you get active and passive mm-hmm. working together. Mm-hmm. I would say adding the brain to it. If you work with your brain, right, uh, your smarts, then yeah. you can make um, even more than that. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. And, and I think to own investment property, um, y- you really have to give it some good thought and mm-hmm. have a plan and not bounce around. Yeah. Oh, you know, the, the that tenant is too much trouble. I'm going to sell it. Mm-hmm. You got to have a goal and have the fullbacks mentality. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's the finish line. I'm going to get there. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, what's your best advice for people about investment property? Hold. Yeah. Buy now and hold. Hold for the long term. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody asked me today if we are buying investment properties in this market. And I said, absolutely. We're on, we're in escrow on two right now. So, um, you know, we see the, we see the benefits that we're going to receive in the future from mm-hmm. purchasing real estate. So, um, definitely. All right. The numbers Excellent. make sense. Go mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. Numbers mm-hmm. have to make sense. And that helps, that's got to help you in your sales business because you're providing a service to people for something you truly believe in. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you were selling widgets mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you didn't really believe in widgets, um, then it, it probably wouldn't be so fulfilling. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, it's time for our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on America's favorite real estate talk show. I say America because our intro song just said only in America. I guess it made me think outside the box here. Uh, Anyway, we're here today with Darren and Cam Wade of the Strive Real Estate Group. And not only do they help buyers and sellers, Uh, But they're also housing providers Mm -hmm. with long-term rentals, short-term rentals. But you also do an interesting thing, fix and flip. Now, would the two of you make a good TV show? Like if I were able to get some of my my buddies to follow you around with a camera and tell us what a fix and flip is all about and how do you do it? I think we would because we have two different perspectives on it. We're very different. So you would get two different perspectives. There might be a little bit of drama, you know, so that would be entertaining. <laughs> mm-hmm. And our kids in the background would just add extra <laughs> chaos and excitement to it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but fun. Um, yeah, so fix and flip is where you, um, it's typically where you would buy a home um, at, I'm just going to use simple numbers here, 50 cents on the, the dollar of what it's worth. Um, and then you put in, let's say, um, another 20%. Uh, actually, I'll just use a simple number. $100,000 home after repair value, ARV. You buy it for 50000 You put $20,000 into it, uh, whether your money or whether private money, somebody else's money. Um, and then you resell that, and then you make the spread in between there, right? After fees and things, maybe you'll make about dollars uh, $12,000 in that example that I just gave. Um, so that is the basics of a fix or flip by the numbers. So short term, purchase something with the um, expectation of selling it um, usually within a six month period. Okay. Now I've always considered real estate sales to be really great because it's a win. It most of the time it's a win win situation. Seller wins, the buyer wins. Yes. What's in it for the seller to sell it for fifty? cents on the dollar why would they want to do that yeah great question so sellers sell properties um, for various reasons it may be they may be in a financial hardship and they need that money Um, they could have inherited that home 
um, through you know various ways and don't care about the property. Um, it could be a troubled tenant um, in that property, right? They're tired landlords and that they don't want to deal with that tenant, so they would gladly basically give away the home to um, get out of the situation of dealing with whatever is going on, uh, whether tenant or house problems, et cetera, et cetera. So some hardship that makes their motivation to get out quickly as mm-hmm. opposed to maximizing the profit. Exactly. Right. Yep. They, they understand that they're leaving some equity on the table in some cases, not all cases, right? Because the, yeah, the purchase price is justified by in a few different ways. How we justify it is by the condition of the home, right? And then we offer a fair price based on the condition and then what it would take to repair the home and then what we can sell it for after that. And I think a good analogy would be if you were selling a car and the car had several major dents in it. It Mm -hmm. needed body work. Mm -hmm. It needed some engine work. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not tip top shape. Correct. Somebody would buy that at 50 cents on the dollar. Correct. Fix the engine, do the body work on it and then sell it retail. Correct. Yep. Yep. So there's a market for that, right? Or else that car just would have went to the junkyard or sat on the side of the, the, the driveway and been an eyesore for the neighborhood for many years to come, right? Instead of allowing that to happen, just sell it to somebody that would be willing to buy it and put in the work. Um, and for that work that they put in, they get rewarded. The investor gets rewarded by the, the, the risk or the, um, um, the, the profits that they receive from the risk of taking on that problem. What kind of things do you generally do to a home to fi- to flip it? Um, replace the roof, the HVAC system. Um, most of our homes, we have to replace flooring, paint, uh, update the restrooms. Um, a lot of the homes that we buy are the are in their same original condition as the seller the seller first bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so we have to just go in there and just gut everything, junk it all out, and then add all new modern um, fixtures um, and updates to the home. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the kitchen, um, kitchen, bathrooms um, are some of the major places, er, major areas in a home that hold the most amount of value. So we make sure we uh, spend extra attention on the kitchen area um, and the exterior, the curb appeal. And I'm going to add, you probably make the home financeable. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I was going to add earlier is the benefit of selling to an investor is that most of the time they pay cash. Whereas if a a first time home buyer may not have the cash to purchase that home. And the reason the cash is important is is it's because it's not financeable because of, you know, whatever the The guidelines. Bad roof. Right. The condition. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the green swimming pool, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then um, if the seller doesn't have the resources or the means to fix it themselves, then they pass that on that problem on to an investor, and then the mm-hmm. investor takes on that risk and solves that problem. So, actually, that flipper is doing a good service Absolutely. for a, an eventual buyer because they're taking a property that could <laughs> not have been financed. Mm-hmm. turning it into one that is not only financeable mm-hmm. with maybe only three and a half percent down, mm-hmm. but also making it desirable with modern amenities, mm-hmm. uh, new appliances. Mm-hmm. Right. And yep. in some cases, making the neighbors happy again. Uh, in because many cases. <laughs> a lot of homeowners, you know, when we purchase these homes, the neighbors always come to us and say, oh, thank you 
Thank you. I'm glad you're updating it and fixing it up because we've had to look at this home for years and years and years in this condition. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, when I talk to sellers, sometimes um, they think that um, investors are taking advantage of, of, of sellers, <coughs> of homeowners. Um, yet we're doing the opposite of that. Right. We, we offer the amount that we offer because of the risk that's involved and the work that needs to go into that home. Yeah. And uh, providers oftentimes have to get rid of get a deal with the stigma. I know landlords yeah. have to do that. A lot of times a landlord is looked at as oh, just somebody that's waiting for the mailbox money right and and not active not participating Mm -hmm. in repairs or anything Mm -hmm. but actually a good landlord is a housing provider Mm -hmm. yes they're helping somebody who maybe because their job is in such a way they can't they shouldn't buy Mm -hmm. you know maybe they know they're going to be transferred in a year or two so renting is is important to them yes yeah so housing providers or landlords Mm -hmm. are good Yes. for our economy uh, and the community yes. and flippers can be good for the uh, community and, and for eventual home buyers. Correct. What are some of the financing differences between a as is needy home versus a uh, turnkey home? Yeah, I'll do the as is needy home. Um, usually the few financing options are um, cash from a bank account um, private money lender, private, private, private money lender. That is a, that is anybody that has additional income or additional cash sitting in a bank somewhere or in a trust account or whatever it may be that wants to lend on, uh, that property and then, um, hard money. Um, well, there's more as well, but, um, hard money, hard money is an institutional lender that, um, um, lends on high risk properties. Also, there is um, subject to, um, there is seller finance, um, to name a few others as well. Okay. And then on the retail side. On the retail side, you can use an FHA loan, conventional loan, VA loan, which is a great loan, um, USDA loan. Um, so there's different uh, other different traditional financing options available mm-hmm. for buyers. Okay, so less cash yes. into it, which means a bigger pool of buyers. Right. Um, Right. Maybe a first-time home buyer hasn't been able to save a hundred thousand dollars in their savings savings account. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, uh, buying a home that's fixed up can get better financing and allows them to do it with ten thousand dollars of their savings rather than a hundred thousand yeah. is a way to go. Yes. Yep. All right. We only have a couple of minutes left, but I want to ask you each, Cam. First of all, you. What do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show? Um, I want our listeners to remember that if the numbers make sense, they should buy the property and it will pay off in the long term. And not just wait for the somebody to ring a bell at the <laughs> bottom of the market? <laughs> nope. No. Because <laughs> no. yeah, who knows when that will be. <laughs> I've never heard a bell ring yet at, at, at the top <laughs> the or top the or bottom. bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that will be my thing. Um, and we didn't mention too much about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's almost impossible to time the market, right? The top or the bottom, it's almost impossible. So buy or sell when it's right for you and your family to buy and sell according to your goals. I I love that. All right. Um, 
one final question before we go, and that is, Cam, what's your best real estate advice? My best real estate advice is, is something that comes to my mind right now is in Fresno, buy a home with a pool. It's really important. <laughs> <laughs> it will increase your quality of life. <laughs> it right. will, it will. Uh, my best, best real estate advice is um, talk to um, an experienced agent. And if they're not experienced, they have um, connections to an experienced agent that can help them, right? Because I do believe in new agents as well. And they may not have all the experience, but as long as they're connected to somebody that is experienced, then you're going to get good and sound advice. Right. There you go. Because all three of us were new at one point. Absolutely. But the next day, we weren't anymore. We had that experience. (laughs) I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to today's Homebuyers Workshop. Uh, Thank you very much. And we will be back again next week. Thank you.